Hey guys, this is Taze Green Life with Future Projector. Is that how it sounds? Is that how you pronounce it? That's how it is. Future Projector. <laughs> what exactly is uh, Future Projector? Big like risk. How did we come up? Like, how did we come up with the name or what? Yeah, is like, what type of music do you guys play? Very wow. large, yeah, loud, ambient, instrumental metal. Um, where are you guys located? We're from Richmond. RVA. Um, where did some of the inspirations come for some of the music? Being in a lot of metal bands over the years, I've always liked instrumental bands. Always thought that instrumental bands kind of got overlooked because people seem to identify more with lyrics, subject matter, topics. So instrumental bands kind of fall in the background because they're kind of like soundtrack material but i personally when i started the project was fascinated by bands like goblin that did like soundtracks for horror movies i like the idea of music maybe matching up with the video imagery not necessarily just a big hodgepodge potpourri of just a million riffs which there were for a lot of math rock and instrumental bands in in Richmond and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, it all kind of got kind of big starting in the, I think in the eighties, nineties, maybe there were a bunch of really big bands that kind of came from this area that started that genre. I think, um, you had like, um, it was like Don Caballero, Stephen Lizavetta, a big one from Richmond for me is breadwinner. Oh yeah, breadwinner, definitely. Breadwinner, yeah, yeah, they had like lots of just really cool riffs, very interesting. There, and those bands turned into other bands too. Uh, I think there was like Human Therma. I think uh, the drummer that was the original drummer in our band too was actually in. I think one of Seth Harris was um, in one of the older uh, incarnation after Breadwinner. I'm trying to remember the name. It was honor roll. No, he was he was in honor roll. I think he was also in Keypone, but there was but there was another band that was a break off of Breadwinner. I think it had its brother in it too, Sean Harris. Um, I can't think of the name at the moment. Uh, butter butter uh, butter something with butter in it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> something uh, with butter. So are these local bands, the ones you're yeah. you're naming? Yeah, those are all. Those are all Richmond bands for sure. And uh, Richmond had a really old school, old school, like nine, early nineties, like Richmond had a really big instrumental scene back then. And uh, it actually, yeah. I was in an, I was actually in an instrumental band a little bit right around that time frame called Volvo boy. So we just liked it as well, but we actually did have some lyrics in it though. I sang too, which not very well, but <laughs> yeah, it's, for the it's majority actually, of the, say again. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because I remember like late high school, a friend of mine had a tape of this band called Volvo Boy that we listened to nonstop. And we thought it was just <laughs> the heaviest stuff. It was like hearing them and hearing like Crowbar for the first time really kind of made us realize like a really low tuned guitar sounds incredible. 
And then, you know, what, like 25 years later, ending up in a band with Adam. It's like, oh, yeah, I was in Bubble Boy. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird. Like, cause it's one, it was one of those bands. Cause you got to remember too, back in that time frame, there wasn't, there wasn't social media. There was so, you know, it, it was, it's really hard to get your name out way back in the day. If you're, especially if you're mostly an instrumental band or whatever, no one's, you're not getting a lot of radio play. Even though we, in the back in the day, we actually did, they took one of our songs. Um, it was called Frank. It was off of our album called Just Another Jim Jones. <laughs> they had me and Brian Metz, who was actually the first bass player in, in Future Projector with us, and our other friend Rick Puckett, which we don't know where he is anymore. But they took um they took one of our songs and they actually used it as the intro for the local metal show on XL 102 for a couple of years. That's cool. Which was a tri- <laughs> which was a trip. See, but no one else will know that. I mean, it's like totally hidden, lost. You know, no one would ever, would ever know about any of that stuff but then but anyway so long story short um richmond has a lot of history of instrumental music and, and like sean said you know crowbar for me as well it was a huge influence just that lower tuned heavy sound when i first got together with seth harris who i like i said was the original drummer before um i can give you some back history and all that um, <laughs> We, okay. right, let me give some back history because I'm speaking in circles and I got to give it so it'll have some continuity for you. Um, the band was originally started. It was just me and Seth Harris. Um, it was after our, a band I was in, Gritter, broke up. And we were in that band for like 10 years. And just after being in a band and there was nothing wrong with screaming and singing and a person as a lead singer, Ryan Kent's totally fine. I just wanted to do something that was just no we didn't really have any design we didn't we just wanted it to be heavy kind of stonerish big big riffs if the songs took 10 15 minutes cool whatever but i wanted to play to a video that was the whole thing yeah yeah and i got uh, the idea you, you consider like have you heard of the band uh was it polythia who polythia i have not all right so they are they're actually uh they're all uh they don't have a singer. They're all instruments. Um, so, but it's like, um, they're always going like tap, 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 tap on the, like the, the frets and stuff. And then like, mm-hmm. it's, it's getting big and a lot more people are getting into more like music that doesn't really have the singing. They're just there for the instruments, you know? And I think that's correct. Really cool. Yeah. It's, it's starting to come uh, up like they're, they're, um, there's a band called like buried alive. Uh, this is more like, so I'm like 27. So like these are more bands mm-hmm. that are probably around my age. Um, but they're coming up. Like they're they're getting signed. They're having albums out there. They're having really big tours. Um, like Buried Alive, they have a singer, but it's it's a lot of riffs in the mm-hmm. the song. Buried Alive sounds. I think I've heard. Yeah, they're kind that of one like sounds, that one sounds that one New wave of a uh, tech metal gent yeah. type stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I love all that stuff too. And then, like, um, the thinking, like, going back, like, um, like, let's say Tool. It's a bit. Right. But I love Tool. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's something that I feel like, do you feel like that's something similar to how you guys play, or? To an extent. To, to I, I, there, 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 there's, yeah, there's definitely comparisons in there, I've heard. Because um, I always liked Tool if they, if they just never had Maynard sing. I never liked his voice ever. And it's, it's weird. And everybody's like, Oh, that's blasphemy. I'm like, no, 
I don't. I, don't I literally really like care. every I'm, time I hear him sing, I'm like, that is a god right there. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I just, I, but for me, I'm just like, eh, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, yeah. some, honestly, there's some if song, it, if, some if song. If it isn't cool, who would you say? Like, like probably stuff like Neurosis, okay. um, a lot of like the post metal stuff, like Isis, Cult of Luna. Uh, I know Adam's yep. a big fan of like a Menra. Oh, yeah, Menra. Menra, Menra is definitely a huge pivotal point that made me want to kind of go into the slower direction. And then, um, what's the other one? Uh, Bell Witch. Oh yeah. Yeah. They have screaming in there, but I mean, they, what that they released that 72 minute or 82 minute long <laughs> song. Yeah. Mirror Reaper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mirror yeah Reaper. Drums, organ and six string bass <laughs> with vocals. And it's like sparsely. I 20 actually, beats per uh, minute. I went to a show, uh, was a Tuesday with um, a poppy band, not really a poppy, but like an emo band, like Drug Destroyed. Um, what was it Destroyed, Rebuild Until God Shows? And then you have like Burials. Um, this band, like they're from Richmond and they, they were opening for them. And you have like two vocalists, you got like three guitar players, you got a drummer, you got, <laughs> they have like no coordination at all. Like <laughs> their music was like all right. over the place. And then like, one of the singers brings out a saxophone and then the other one bringing out a trumpet. I'm like, oh, they're about to do some cool thing. No, they didn't play good at all with those things. <laughs> there's, there's like, yeah. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, concept. Yeah, there's a lot of execution. That. I was like, bro, what is this? That's like when we saw um, what we saw, we played at the we we got to we got luckily enough to play the barbecue like one of the last years they had it here um and gritter and uh there was a band that was on there what the hell is their name damn it can't remember anything <laughs> the, that's with the spastic singer but he always doesn't show up what are some of those bands that just broke up a while back damn damn i can't remember anyways the, so the singer didn't show up and so instead of the singer not playing which was a big deal because I was like, oh, I'd like to see these guys because I'd never seen them live. I can't, I can't remember the name, but I remember that they they used a saxophone player instead. Like they used a, a baritone sax for the for the vocals. And it just everybody's like, yeah, that's so avant garde. It's like, that sounds actually awful. Um, <laughs> that's not they were, they been I like how they executed it, but like, yeah, I think it's, it's great. Like They're it's like experimenting. <laughs> And Richmond's huge for that. Got to understand, yes. Richmond had a huge. I don't know about now. I mean, we're a lot. I mean, I'm way older, as you can tell. But back when I was younger and I went to VCU, still there was a huge arts school scene here. That's why Guar came from here. I mean, it was all art students. So there's a lot of real creative. There's a lot of bands that were back in the '90s that came through here, and even the '80s that were really, really kind of pushing boundaries like i've traveled all over the united states and everywhere and i mean i've always thought that richmond has a a really big melting pot of of sounds it's weird it's always been dominated by punk rock though punk rock's always been the number one thing that's been here which i've always said i've never been punk rock i've never really liked punk rock but then every single band that i was ever influenced by when i was young is all punk rock so all my favorite bands when I was young were punk rock. So I'm pissed at myself, the fact that I don't really like punk rock, but I'm influenced by everything that's punk rock. So there's that. Jeez, if I had to go back to a band, say again. 
like 10th grade and high school starting to go to local shows like going out and seeing a veil and four walls falling inquisition and yep. all that stuff yep gosh yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> i was probably yeah, like a baby crazy. when you guys were in high school <laughs> you may not have been born <laughs> yeah, let's see, 27. so 95 right there yeah, that's, yeah. Actually, that's yeah, right sure. when volvo boy volvo boy just started in 94 yeah there's yeah. no way <laughs> I'm we were the youngest in the band in 95 when I graduated high school. Uh, do you think 95. the scene, like, you say this is a big punk rock scene, do you think it has changed throughout the years? And, like, what do you think is coming out now? Um, like, is top I, of the, you know, top of the scene? I, I think that the punk rock guys all kind of realized that metal's cooler, and so they were all kind of copying the metal sound, but calling it punk. I've noticed that there's a whole because, you know, punk always came across as as we don't care. We just we're up here and we're going to do what we want to do. And, you know, this is what it is. And whatever comes together, we don't even even have to know how to play. It doesn't matter. It's cool. Just get up there and scream and make noise. And that's fun. You know, that's cool for a bit. But, you know, the metal scene has always been about crafting their art. I think I think I think if you go deeper down the hole through the different genres of metal, you'll see some take it way more serious than others. I mean, there's whole different levels of it. You go to like the black and metal where they're about to face paint and the whole story and everything else, but the lo-fi recording. So it doesn't sound as good, but then you go to the gent sound and they're all about just super tight, well-orchestrated, crazy riffs. And they, yeah. the, you know, and then you can go to, you know, and then you can go, to, you can, then you go, there's so many different variations of it. So, but that's why I love metal more than punk. Cause I just feel like the music hits harder. Yeah. You know? and there's so, so many see- different types. It's not just like one genre. There's like death, mm-hmm. black metal, um, metal core, death core. Like there's New all metal, these like categories metal, and it's crazy. Metal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, see when I was young in the early, in the early days, like they didn't have genres. You really just had metal. Yeah. It was either, did you like metal? Did you like hip hop? Did you like jazz? Or did you like R&B? That was kind of our country. That was about it. You had five things. Pick one. That was what you had. There wasn't like all the breakdowns. And then they slowly started kind of breaking up the genres like in the 80s and stuff where you'd get like, well, now it's called, you know, you know, European metal or the British metal wave or you got thrash metal or you have speed metal. And then death metal came out, which totally changed the entire as far as I'm concerned, that turned that changed the whole game for everybody. I was around and I got to see like the birth of that pretty much because I was right at the prime age. I got to see Morbid Angel when they first came out on Altars of Madness. You know, I got to see Carcass come through. I got to see those bands where you're like, God damn, like deicide before anybody, you know, no, if, if you haven't heard fast music like that before and then you got to see it live for the first time, you're like, what is this sorcery? Because, I mean, nobody was doing it. Yeah, you know, the locals. Yeah. I remember seeing Disinterment back in the day, and be like, "Whoa, they got real guitar players, and they rip." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. You guys, you guys got three members, right? So, um, and you guys, I, I was actually listening to it the other day while I was like pulling up questions, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I was like, "I dig this." I was like, "This is trippy. Right it's on. so trippy." <laughs> Yeah, the first thing the first thing we did was called Terma. That was written with me, um, Brian Metz and Sean Harris. That was pre um Seth Harris, excuse me. That was pre-pandemic. 
that was originally written with just me because originally it was just going to be a two piece. It was just going to be me and the drummer. And we were just going to show some old horror movies and stuff and just have fun with it. Not really care and have no real direction. And then it started wanting to get more direction. I asked my buddy, Brian, if he that used to play with me in Volvo boy, we hadn't played together in like 22 years. And I was like, Hey man, I know you, you get bored with this kind of music, but you know, it'd be kind of fun to have a bass player in there. Would you be interested? He's like, sure. So I was shocked. So we got to play again and it was fun. And that's how we came up with the concept of, you know, we wanted it to have, I always wanted it to be like concepts, like, like 30 or 40 minute concepts that just, then they'll all go together. Cause I still have a bigger plan right now. There's still, we have to write two more to complete the, the quad idea that I want to do where we can then take the four album covers and have a limited release where it, be, it builds like a giant poster off of it, kind of like the old Kiss posters back in the day. So you yeah. can put the four concepts all together. I don't know. That's any, anywho. So we did that. Panic happened. The pandemic happened. And uh, they didn't want to play anymore at the time. It really put a, it put a lull in everything. And so I ended up meeting Sean because I was jamming with Jimmy Bauer. We were doing what was called the heart attack jams. It happened like in right in the middle of uh, right after like May, like June ish kind of time frame. I had a heart attack. And so I befriended Jimmy Bauer. <laughs> from, from I Sorry, you heard a heart again. attack sound. Then, oh, yeah. And then I had a heart attack. I talk. I talk in concentric circles, but all the stuff is connected. I promise you. <laughs> and um, and so me and Jimmy were jamming. It was fun. We were having a great time with it. And originally, he was going to maybe be the drummer for Future Projector. But then he, he ended up having to move back down to New Orleans. So I was like, damn, that would have been amazing. But uh, so we were jamming. He was like, we need to get a bass player. And then Sean's name popped up. And then so then it was me, Jimmy and Sean. And we started just jamming and having fun with that. And then Ryan started actually singing with us. And we did a couple things on a bunch of live stream stuff, which was a hell of a lot of fun. And then when Jimmy left and, you know, that's when I asked Kevin if he if he wanted to jam again, because we hadn't played for a while since Gritter. And then I asked if they wanted to do Future Projector. And so all of a sudden, so we actually relearned all the original stuff we did, which was Terma. And then after we got them all on board, we played a couple of shows. And then that's where we came up with the new concept, you know, the Kybalion, which was a much more ethereal and slower style song, very heavily influenced by like, if you could think of heavy Pink Floyd, that would be the the best the best kind of direction I could think it wanted yeah. it to go. I was Especially thinking that. Dark I was, thinking of, that. Dark I was like, oh my God. I was like, this reminds me of Pink Floyd. <laughs> heavily influenced yeah. by, I'm heavily, yeah. heavily influenced by Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah, it's like Pink Floyd through Sun's live rig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what kind of new music you guys got coming out? Say again? Do you have any new music coming out? Um, Anything. Yeah, we're working on, we've been writing, uh, we got a new one that, I mean, cause it's funny cause we literally just came out with the Kybalion not too long ago. We did it back in September. We had our CD release show, CD, like anybody listens to CD, couldn't afford to do vinyl, but, um, <laughs> we did our new release show. Uh, I rented out the, um, bird theater. And so we actually, we actually did our entire performance at the bird with all of our amps, all the volume. We brought it all first metal band to ever play at the bird. It's pretty badass, cool. actually. <laughs> yeah. Probably going to do another one there. We're we're contemplating it for the end of the year. If we do another, I'd like to do another one there. I, I kind of like to love to just see that. That's so cool. You guys, yeah, it was, like, it was uh, badass. You know how they have like the experiences, like the Pink Floyd experience and all that. Do you guys mm -hmm. do like back, like project? Not only like, really projection, 
I mean, yeah. I guess that's what you call it. Yeah, yeah. projection art. That's what the whole, that's that's what that's what we do. See, when yeah. you're listening to our music, it's it's not as engaging. I think because when you just listen to it, I mean, it's nice for background, but the whole concept is it really needs to be paired together. So if you go on YouTube and look, there's I, I put together and released the actual last recording we did, which is paired up with the video that we play live. So you'll see how it's supposed to be. So half the people that were there, we told everybody to take mushrooms. So half the people that were at the bird <laughs> were on mushrooms while we were playing. Ironically, sure. that's what I did last night. Um, yeah. There you go. And you're gonna then you would like it. It's it's down the alley. And you know, it's I, I have some other ideas that I'd really love to do projection-wise <laughs> that would kind of change the game. It's just really expensive and hard to find the stuff that I want to use. So until I can make that happen, we'll still be using just the, the 2D modeling that we got going on right now. But it's always been about trying to create more of a, um, kind of more of like an event than just going and seeing a band stand up and go, this was our next song. It's called Immortal Decay. And then, there, you know, there's another song and whatever. I think it's more fun because we just play nonstop. It's one piece. The last piece is, I think it's 40 minutes, Sean. Is that right? 40, yeah, it's right about minutes. 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's just one piece nonstop, you know, they're long pieces, you know, there's some are nine minutes long. I think the longest piece is 14 minutes. So, you know, you just playing straight through it. You can kind of get lost in it when you're playing it, but very, the last one was very ethereal, very, very Pink Floydish and slower. The newer stuff I think we're going for is going to be a little more riff laden again, definitely more stonery doom influenced, even though I don't like using those labels, but uh. Speaking more, of doom, more amps. Yeah, speaking of doom metal, um, what exactly is it? For someone who doesn't know, like, I mean, I honestly have no idea what doom metal is. It sounds like a kind of intimidating, so. <laughs> Tune low, play slow. <laughs> so just yeah, like. Yeah, doom metal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I guess everybody kind I mean. It's a very Black large Sabbath. umbrella tune. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's like saying punk rock, you know, doom, doom is anything that I think is like slow and kind of heavy. I mean, there were a lot of bands back in the day that were doing, especially in the nineties, they were out some, you had trouble cathedral. Um, those are the two biggest ones that come to mind. Um, yeah, a lot of those like heavy seventies bands, a lot of pentatonic scales get lumped under the doom metal umbrella these days. Uh, Pentag- yeah, pentagram. They were the big one. Black Sabbath is considered doom, even though then they're also considered metal. You know, doom metal those like got its own kind of. It's more stonery slow. So, I guess sleep has been kid centered doom metal. But it's, I don't really consider them doom at all. But they definitely have taken it off. So if, have you ever heard of Sleep? Does that band ring a bell? They do, yes. <laughs> okay. That would be, they would be like the biggest forefronters of it all. They had a big resurgence. You know, um, what are the bands that are out there? When, another really big local Richmond band, even though they don't consider themselves doomed at all. Uh, Garrett, when I talked to him, he's like, no, we're, he's like, we're just slow rock. But <laughs> <laughs> say, hey, that's, that's awesome. That's an awesome. Um, yeah an awesome description, but, uh, Windhand, they're from Richmond, you know, cough. There's some members of that band too. They're also, they're, they're kind of, I guess they'd be more doomier than, than Windhand maybe. Uh, just very loud, super down, you know, low tuned, lo- shit ton of amps just vibrates the whole room. I mean, that's, you know, that's doom. Yeah. Stuff so like hell, t- layer. 
Yep. Uh, Blair yeah. would be doom. Almost like funeral. And he got yeah, funeral like, doom. Blair's pretty close to funeral doom. <laughs> Uh, super, super, super slow. Like we were saying, there's like uh, so many categories of metal and so many categories like to, to put it in. And like, correct, correct. and then people are like, no, 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 I'm deathcore. And they're like, no, 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 that, they're metalcore. And I'm like, what is the difference? Literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 That's, that's where, that's where it comes down to. So, I mean, we probably just take a lot of aspects of all of it. You know, we're older, so there's going to be a hodgepodge of everything that's mixed in there. But if I had to compare it, it would be heavy Pink Floyd. That's what I like. That's that's where I like to go. Pink Floyd did all the same stuff. We're not reinventing the wheel. You know, we're just doing it our, t- our take on it. You know, Pink Floyd played to trippy videos. I mean, if you watch old, if you watch the old live on the, you find them on YouTube, watch the old Dark Side of the Moons. I mean, they had crazy fucked up trippy videos that played the whole time and like, that dark side of the moon is one of the coolest, badass, nonstop records you can listen to. It's amazing. And personally, I, we were going to cover it, you know, uh, I want for a long time. It had been a, uh, a goal of mine for us to do our take on it. And we were going to call it dark side of the projector. And it's still possibly that it might come out there. But then I found out that the guitar player from, um, another kind of stoner rock band that was really big, the sword. I forget his name. They were, they were Richmond guys that moved to Texas. Um, he, he actually did a whole album recovering dark side of the moon and he did it recently. And I was really bummed out when I read that. Cause I was like, eh. and it makes it sound like we're copying them. And we would do it totally different than they would because we would do it in our style. He did it to where he kind of replicated the album for the way the album is. And it sounds the same. We drop tune, we play low. So everything is heavy. We're, we're, we're five notes plus lower than standard tuning on an instrument. So we would do it our style, which I, and I, I still wanted to use like the wizard of Oz and just, just chop it all up and make it absolutely wacky and play that while we're playing. But big, big undertaking. We're old. Takes us forever to do stuff. <laughs> Cause you know, you got to get three old dudes together to make it work. But I think, yeah, I think we, we're pretty, I, uh, pretty, pretty you do got a show coming up uh, March 10th at another round. Uh, be excited mm-hmm. for that? Of course. It's always yeah, fun to play that on one. Yeah, it's such a great, yeah. uh, especially a local venue. They're, you know, they're starting to come up a little bit and like, it's, it's good. They like, they're doing like everybody, you know, they're not just excluding certain sounds, like kind of like the canal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they did really good. Brian Fisher took it over. Um, yes. And Spiral Fracture Guy and Brian... You know, Brian been in the music. He's been in Richmond music forever. Like he's been around here longer than me. And, um, it was cool when he finally took that place over because he just wanted it to be a, he, he's the reason why that, the metal shows started getting played there because he started that free metal Friday and, you know, you just always paying the bands and you can't ask for more. I mean, that's, you know, if, if they, you go to shows, I mean, if two people showed up, they still paid the band, you know, where most venues are just like, no, I'm sorry, next time. And you got bands that come from out of town. I mean, it costs gas, time, everything else, and venues don't care. So it's kind of neat that he cares enough to want to make it better and better, which I think is very admirable. And yeah. it's not a scenester thing. That's a big problem in Richmond. Richmond's got its scenesters. They got places where you got, you got to be cool or you can't play. I mean, that's, yeah, it's always I, been. honestly, it's very clickish. Uh, from, it's always yeah, been. Yeah, from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and like, the names have changed, but it's yeah. always been that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it's cool that you can like come together and work together, but it's also not a good thing when just clickish and you don't want to let certain bands in. Like, 
let everyone yep. have a chance. You know, Richmond is so, like you said, it's a melting pot of full of yep. people that are willing to do things and willing to put in the work. But you have these people that don't put in the work and they're, you know, above and it sucks, you know, but then you have some of the Richmond fans that are putting in the work and doing what they need to do. And they're helping the scene out. And that are things that is very important because it's about community, not about like tearing everyone apart, you know? Like you can't I agree a thousand percent. you guys do without, you know, talking to these other bands. And then especially the, you know, the people that come to your shows, you know, you have to like communicate network and all that. That's why things like the yeah, it, show are so interesting because it's for a couple of reasons. It's like one, it's like taking what we do to a very non-traditional environment and <laughs> really just kind of ro- rolling the dice and seeing what's going to happen. And it did pan out very well. It was very cool. It's a good response from that. And the other things like, well, you know, why, why are we going to wait around? We're older. We're going to do whatever we want. We're in a good spot to do things like that. Why are we going to wait around until we're on the cool kids club to play a whole bunch of places? We're just going to go do our own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, I was even looking at renting out the science museum, you know? I mean, see, so younger guys, so yeah. and I've I've already I've already got it lined up to where we can do it whenever we want to do it. Like I've already spoken to the board and I've gotten their approval, and it's just yes, cost even more. I would love, it's even more. Yes, it's even I would more love expensive. To like that, dude. It's that even more cool. expensive. <laughs> it's even more expensive than the than the bird is to rent. But I just want to play in that IMAX dome with some whacked out video going on, you know, and they wouldn't be ready for. It. Bring all of our amps, all that volume, you know, shake the place yeah. and just do that. So that's on the board. So these are things that we're probably going to do. And like, and like Sean said, you know, we're older and, you know, the, the cool thing about the bird was, you know, we didn't have to have, we could have made the place more packed. I think we had 150 people turn out, which is still pretty damn good. Pretty good. For place Saturday that afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was Saturday afternoon. It was Saturday afternoon at three thirty in the afternoon. We did. It. I set the time specifically because everyone always complained about well, because especially our our age, they're like, "Well, we got the kids. You got to get a sitter." I was like, "You got no excuse. You can bring your kids. It doesn't matter. It's all ages. There's no bad noise. Yes, it's during especially the day. Go up at three thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can go play. They can go play at the sandbox first and then come here. But <laughs> there, it, it was. We could have gotten other bands when other friends of mine's bands had caught wind of it. You know, they're like, we well, we want to open for you. You want to do that? I'm like, it's not about that. This is, I just want to see what our band does. Just us. I just want to create a thing. That's just us. You know, it's more of a, it, I wanted it to be more like, once again, like I said, like an event, not a, um, not just another show with like six bands on it. So by the time you watch the headliner, you're burnt. You know, I just wanted it to be, us get in, get out, taste maybe an hour and a half of people's time and think about their day. You know, it was cool. We're going to do it again. Yeah, I hope so. Um, we, so we, we talked will. about what you guys are planning over the year, Science Museum. Um, there's the amps and guitars. I noticed when I was like scrolling through your Instagram, you guys have tagged, uh, I guess, spot, well, certain amps and guitars. Can we talk about who, who exactly mm-hmm. are the amp for and guitars? Adam's got four custom-made Emperor cabinets. They're Mm kind of like a a, a boutique cabinet builder. Yeah, that's the Doom World. There we go. (laughs) And I still had to buy. And I still had to buy the sweatshirt. (laughs) Still wouldn't give me the sweatshirt. But no, but it's cool. They're 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 a boutique company out of Chicago. They make um really custom cool uh, amplifier cabinets that are designed to take lower resonance. Um. 
a lot of the problems that you have with traditional style equipment is when you're trying to get that lower, heavier sound, older cabinets can't necessarily take it. The speakers may blow. They may, it, it just doesn't sound good. I have other cabinets, but the, the orange stuff is designed to take high volume. It's designed to take a punishing. So I spent the money and, and did the punishing. Um, I recently purchased, um, which is really hard to find amplifier wise was, um, a mad amp. Mad amp is a company that used to be what orange amplifiers turned into and the stoner and doom world. That's what everybody's all about are orange amps, mad amps, green amps and all of that. And so I actually found one recently and just had it serviced. And then I understand why they got it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a beast. I mean, it literally, it, it just does something different for the lows and the power and the volume, but all of those things are hard to come by. You know, it's all expensive. It's hard to piece together, you know, and I, we don't even have a way to bring all this gear with us except for Kevin, who's not here right now, the drummer, Kevin White. Um, we get to use his, his van from work because it takes, it takes a giant sprinter van to get all this crap to the show. <laughs> won't fit. I can only imagine. Fit. Yeah. It's a lot. The, the money to buy that, like, you guys are still, you know, still pretty, like, you're local and, like, you have to have, I guess, day jobs, you know, to help out. Yeah. And then also, you know, selling merch and, I guess, people coming to your show. Mm -hmm. I mean, probably really expensive, like, to yeah. do. Very expensive. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've spent about three expensive. grand on gear since joining this band. <laughs> <laughs> he would never buy anything. And I'm like, you got to buy it. So now, you know, now, now if we have our full rig, I mean, you know, the, you know, poor our drum, poor drummer, Kevin, because I mean, it's so if we practice at stage volume in the practice place, it's small. I mean, it just shatters his eyeballs and his teeth. So, I mean, you know, because, you know, Sean plays through two Ampeg 8x10s, which is big. They're the giant <laughs> refrigerator caps. So I mean, we have a wall, you know, we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to achieve half of the gear that Suno plays through size wise. And I think we're pretty much there. Yeah. If I had one more guitar stack, which I do have, we could be half the gear of Sun. Which is it's just a ridiculous amount of gear. <laughs> I see. I love what that band does. I, I, there's an example of an experience over over doing a, a traditional style band. I get a little bored with it because it's all about sound frequencies. I don't know if you've heard some. Have you ever heard anything by them? <laughs> there was there Have was a running joke enough? about them. <laughs> where their excessive volume and low tuning have made audience members poop their pants. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so loud. I mean, it's ungodly loud. Like, it's yeah, that's why. Like, sometimes I'll um I'll start wearing like earplugs now. Um, because some of the like the amps, like I don't want to lose my hearing, you know. And like some of the sound, I'm like, oh, that's so Always like low. Wear. Like, God. as, as yeah. from an older person to a younger person, you should wear earplugs. Always. Yes, <laughs> you can get really you can get great ones that filter out all the obnoxious sound, yeah. but it doesn't make it sound like you have your finger in your ear. And it'll and you'll still get everything and not damage it. Because some of these bands that are out now, especially in this genre, it's retardedly loud. It's it's loud. It's deafening. Like when we played the last time in another round, when I got to see some of the video footage that Cody did, I, he was all the way in the back, and I was like, "Damn, I don't know we were that loud." Damn, <laughs> Cody is my loud. Uh, <laughs> he does excellent <laughs> he work. Every time, like every time he edits his stuff, I like to talk about it, so he knows how great he is. Uh, but yeah, he um, he's he's really good. He's he's a big influence in the scene, and I think that's cool. You guys are 
got some great ideas. You guys are big influences in the scene right now. And I, I want more people mm -hmm. to like go, you know, especially at another round, March 10th. Um, we are yeah. getting close yep, to yep, uh, we got like a couple minutes. Let's go ahead. That's cool. Cody, si side note real fast. Yeah. yeah, side note real fast. Cody's <laughs> the one that he actually, re he recorded that live video for us at the bird. Yeah. So if you watch that. Cool. Cody, yes, he actually, yeah. Yeah, you know what? We did talk about that. We did talk about it. And I think he's going to be like, oh, that's cool. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, so March 10th. It's Yeah, March 10th. It's, <laughs> I think the show starts at eight. It's us. It's us. The new mutiny from Virginia Beach. Um, JJ Speaks. Uh, JJ yeah. Speaks and Riot Queen. They're all they're both from here. And JJ Speaks is another instrumental band. They're really cool. They're yeah, um, it's all, uh, instrument. They're like avant-garde kind of rock jazz, I guess, maybe. I don't know really what to call them. They're, all right. Uh, um, they're, I'm, I'm not trying to figure you out. Really <laughs> okay. Um, that's great that you guys have all this going on March 10th before we another round. Um, anything else you have planned for the rest of the year? See, we're doing Maryland Doomfest again in June. I think we're playing the Saturday of that festival. Yes. Um, so there's one coming up at the beach late that's in April. Twenty first. That's with the same band, the New Mutiny, that's playing with us on uh, March 10th. We're playing with them down at the beach in their hometown. Is that Riff House? Uh, no. I I forget where that one actually is. I don't know if he actually told me the. Or is it the the other one, the other big one? Uh, Scandal at this hour is called Scandals. No, it's not that. I forget where it's at. Elevation, something or another, maybe. I don't know. I don't it, think it's it, it that. could be Elevation. There's a lot of shows there too. Um, but yeah, awesome. um, we're playing Mac Rock. Um, we're playing Mac Rock April eighth as well, I believe. Pretty sure that's coming up there. It hadn't been announced yet. I don't know how long they're waiting to announce that. It's getting kind of close to April 8th. <laughs> well, it, it was just announced. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, was it? Did they just announce it? No, 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 no. You just announced it. <laughs> oh, now they're going to kick us off and go, no, you're not. So, I don't know the other thing. Uh, but but I enjoyed this interview really well. Um, I like all the history with Richmond we talked about and, you know, the projection of the science museum, and especially at the bird when uh, Cody reported that. Um, uh, Watch it. You wanna, Let him yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, watch it with the video that he did. It's cool. Yes. He Go did. to Cody's YouTube channel, um, which is the Total Liquor Portal, um, mm -hmm. and check out their video on there. I've watched it. It's amazing. It's cool. Um, and you guys have been great. Future projector. I can't wait to see what you guys got coming up. Um, where can we follow you? Uh, we have a Bandcamp page, which is futureprojectorrva.bandcamp.com. That's where you can get all the goodies. Um, we have a Future Projector page on Facebook. There's Future Projector on Instagram. Uh, I think they're, I even put some snippets up on... I'm starting to learn what the young kids do. I think we have some stuff up on... On what's the TikTok, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> not a, TikTok, um, are weird. you guys working towards Spotify by chance? We're on Spotify. The, We're on Spotify. Uh, both of the albums, Terma and the Cop, both on Spotify. Cool, cool. Yeah, they're on Apple Music. I think Amazon. You can get them anywhere. Um, YouTube too, with the YouTube things all, posted. Yeah. Yep, yep. We're starting to try. I'm starting to push the YouTube channel better. Trying to, it's that's a whole new metric and new thing to learn on how to push it correctly. YouTube <laughs> is just, you know what I'm saying? YouTube used to be like just like cat fart videos and stuff, and now it's like a real. 
you know, it's a real angle. So it's like, a real legit business. Like sometimes when I'm like doing my stuff on there, I'm like, because <laughs> even I, like this day and age, like I get confused on a couple things. Like, oh, I need like this recorder. I need this. I need to do this. Right. This, and I'm like, yeah, no. When I recorded YouTube videos when I was 13, I used a little camera and was like out here. Like <laughs> now, like people are actually filming and doing like crazy things on there, and that's exciting, you know. Um, exciting for you guys to finally get a platform. <laughs> yeah, I filmed. I filmed a few things that I don't know what to do with it, so I give it to Cody and be like, "You want to put this on your channel?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Cody's so great. Um, he did my intro too. Um, all of it. He's he's such a great editor, and I love having him, and I love having you guys, and I'm glad you worked with him. I appreciate um, it. This has been a great interview, and I can't wait to see what you guys got going on. Guys, make sure you follow you the projector. I've said this like maybe 30 minutes ago or 10 minutes ago, whatever. But please follow, like, and share, subscribe because it's important to everybody on here. Um, it's how we get out there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So great interview, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Bye now.